Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for episode number 58 of the Table and Well podcast. We are so glad that you're here with us today. And as always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. Well, guys, we're going to be continuing our conversation today on what does it look like to practically live whole brained? Um, last episode, we went through three of those practical skills that you could practice. And I do want to say this even before we talk about this a little more. But again, whole brain living is using both sides of our brain. So the right side of our brain, which is relational, and the left side of our brain, which is knowledge and logic. Uh, In no way are we saying to live in one side or the other, but God designed us to live whole brain, which means we use our relational side. Everything we do is filtered through the lens of relationship, but then also being able to access our knowledge side. There's a verse in the Bible that says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And I love that verse because what it's saying is he's saying lean not on your understanding. So he wants you to have understanding. He's designed us to get understanding, which means we have to use the knowledge side and the left side of our brain. But don't lean on that completely. Have the knowledge, but then lean on him. And what does that look like to use that knowledge relationally? So I think that's just a whole brain living is what that's all about. Well, the first skill we talked about was increasing your joy capacity and and being able to do that through appreciation and the different ways that you can do that. We talked about learning to quiet and how joy really affects your nervous system and you can feel overwhelmed at times. And so it's good for you to be able to quiet, to be able to help begin to live whole brained in different ways that you can do that. And the third skill that we need to learn is assessing your maturity level. So where are you? We talked about the five different loads of maturity. Um, again, they're infant, child, adult, parent, elder. And I'm not going to go real deep into that because we have a whole 24 episodes. The first 24 episodes of this podcast is a series on maturity. So if you have any questions or any thoughts on that, please go back to that and listen to it. But today we're going to be continuing our conversation and these tools. And guys, we have about seven more tools that we're going to go through that you can use seven more skills that you need to begin to learn and talk through that. So I'm not going to give them all away, but we talk about a manual journaling, helping others return to joy, um, learning to act like yourself in the middle of the big six emotions. So those are things that you want to be able to practice and begin to live in to help us live whole brain, to help you live whole brain, to help us have a whole brain community, society, church, and family. And again, as always, guys, our conversations are curated from the book called The Other Half of Church that's written by Dr. Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks. So here is the conclusion of this part of our conversation on practical ways that we can live as whole brained Christians. Um, So number four is training yourself to recognize and stay joyful in the middle of big six emotions. We actually take a whole lesson in Collapse to teach how to do this. Right. But sadness, fear, and anxiety, anger, shame, disgust, and hopelessness, despair Mm -hmm. are the big six. And what does it look like to stay joyful? Which this gets misinterpreted. Yes. It's not about like, how do I make that feeling go away and right. go it, back to yeah, being it's not happy? A, it's and, not avo- and it's not avoiding the feeling. Right. And pretending like you're happy around everybody mm-hmm. and not sad because that's awkward. Right. You know, it is about 
again, the experience of the deep knowing that someone's glad to be with me no matter what. So can I be sad? Mm-hmm. And, and act from joy. And act from joy. And and know that that's true. Yeah. That my sadness does not equate to people don't want to be with me or mm-hmm. I don't want to be with myself. Yeah. Or God doesn't want to be with me. Yeah. It's, yeah. So returning to joy is return returning to the understanding that I am worthy of being with and and even having the experience to draw from to know that that is the truth yeah, and yeah. so again that comes into play in two places with myself can i be with myself and be glad to be with myself mm-hmm. even when even when i'm angry and i'm really afraid of losing something that matters to me yeah and do i have community that'll stay with me when i when i'm angry and i'm afraid of losing something that yeah. matters to me have a can I do that? Have I experienced that? Have I practiced that together? Yeah. And yeah, understanding and living in the reality of I'm sad, but then also understanding and living in in the reality that, but I know that I'm, I'm glad not to be alone. with myself and I'm not alone. And I'm that not alone. My community is glad to be with me, even if they're not there. Mm-hmm. Understanding that. And so, mm-hmm. um, and this number five goes right along with it is being able to learning how to act like yourself in the middle of the big six emotions. Um, so I, I, jumped the gun a little bit in the last one I said that, but it's, it's again, it's not the avoidance of the feeling of being sad or the emotion, but what it is, it's not acting out of the feeling of being sad or the heavy emotion, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be being yeah. able to act like yourself because um, the goal here is to not become the incredible Hulk right? in whatever capacity that <laughs> whatever might look that, like, because yeah. it'll look different in anger, which is the incredible Hulk, but it'll right. also look different in hopeless despair. Mm-hmm. How can I remain my mature self that God has called me to be in the middle of adversity, distress? Mm-hmm. How can I, how, how do I do that? Learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a practice. Oh yeah. And this is easily marked. And we've talked in other podcasts about this, but we see this in, in business a lot or in managers, leaders a lot. And yeah. again, it's their immaturity showing mm-hmm. where it's like, holy cow, Susie came in today and oh man, whatever happens, let's avoid her. Right. Walking you know? on eggshells. Yep. Yeah. Because she's not acting like herself. herself. Something yeah. might not be okay with her. And but there's no being able to navigate relationally with her in the process because yeah. likely she doesn't believe anybody's glad to be with her. She's not glad to be with herself. Mm-hmm. And so then then she doesn't get to act like herself. Right. And a- another way too, for some of you that an easier way maybe to understand it is like if you had a parent or you had a friend that had a parent that they were just different or you had a teacher that was just every day you walked in the class and they were one day they were super happy. And the next day they were like you said two words and go to the tension. Mm-hmm. So it's learning how to, um, yes. having the maturity to be able to be yourself, even when things aren't going the way Act that your full identity. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, another one is another practice is storytelling to each other. Um, you want to tell stories, learn how to tell stories that connect us, um, and our emotions to joy. Mm. So all our emotions, not, not, just the happy emotions, but mm-hmm. all our emotions that connects us and all our emotions to joy. Um, and we learn through experience and we learn through examples. So um, we need examples to imitate, mm-hmm. not just more facts to memorize. So it's not so like us telling you how to do it. It's sharing our stories as the, this is how it happens. This is how we did it. Mm-hmm. And and you being able to go, oh, yeah, I see that that's possible. Instead of saying step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. Mm-hmm. It's this is the experience. This is my experience that I've had with this. Right. 
and this is how I've walked through that or came out of that or how I'm still struggling with it and what I'm doing about it right now. But right. it's the, the experience, again, that we need to hear from each other. Right. And what's so fascinating about the brain is that that's good enough for the brain. Yeah. Is that I didn't. Well, I mean, that's this podcast, right? We're basically sharing, we're sharing information, but we're also sharing our stories Mm -hmm. and our stories are, are the things that people hear and remember. It's not necessarily that one phrase that was like, wow, that's it. Um, But what ends up happening is our brains hear a story and they learn as if we were there with them. Yes. Like I can't take our listeners home with us and have them stand in our kitchen and watch how we operate life. Like that's not (laughs) realistic. Right. Um, but we can share small stories out of our lives that are that as it it is as if they were. Mm-hmm. And as far as the brain's concerned, it is as if they were. Yep. And so stories in our communities are critical. And we back to the whole conversation of culture and family and raising children to adults and all of this. We've also lost the gift of storytelling. Yeah. And and our heritage of storytelling of who it was like for our great grandfather mm-hmm. to act and um and our culture to yeah. act and all of these different pieces. Because they create a model like Mm -hmm. America. America's lost its identity because we've stopped telling stories of how it is like for an American to act. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's like we've lost these pieces. So Mm -hmm. that's a tangent. I won't go there, but, but (laughs) but it is part of having this whole brain life is experiencing life through other stories. Yeah. And I want to kind of circle right back to the, the first part of this, but, um, of the storytelling we in in our in the collabs as well we teach another skill that we teach is to think of a time when you didn't respond the way you would have wanted to respond or something went wrong mm-hmm. in a situation and so they come up with that whatever that is and then we say okay now tell us the story of how it would have gone if you would have done it the way that you know how to do it where right. you where you didn't have a your RCs didn't shut down or something, you know, right. you were able to do it the correct way. Right. And what that does for your brain, where Janelle said your brain, that's good enough for your brain. Just retelling the story the way that if I would have acted this way with my RCs on actually repairs the pathways. Mm-hmm. So next time situations like that come up, your brain has an example of what to do mm-hmm. when that situation comes up and do it the right way. Mm-hmm. How incredibly fascinating yeah. is that really? I mean, you think about way, 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 way back <laughs> when people only had a verbal way to tell stories to one another and mm-hmm. then art came to be and then the printing press came to be. Yeah, Golly, what a gift it is that the Lord gave us that type of power in our brains to learn from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our favorite skills, so number seven is a manual journaling. Um a manual journaling is so incredibly powerful in the way that it helps develop whole brainedness mm-hmm. um, in that it allows us to learn what it's like to build secure attachment with the Lord yeah, and to take everyday things that we can stay very logically like in, in the problem solving room about mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and where we have to figure it out, you know, where we think we have to figure out all these things and it actually connects us with with the Lord and his voice and how, how does he see you? Yeah. How does he see how that went um, or could go? Is there anything that he wants us to know about that basically is the purpose of manual journaling. And it comes from the story of Moses mm-hmm. and at the burning bush. And the Lord is like, I know how hard this is for you. I know what my people are going through and I'm here and I want to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes from that exact model. And if you want to learn more about that, we have a YouTube video out there 
Um, it's also on our website on our under website. resources. Yep. And this too, same thing, individual manual journaling yep. is typical, typically mm-hmm. an individual practice. And the more you do it, if you can do it every day, I'm telling you, yeah. we, we know from experience that the days that we do a manual journaling, and then if we let it go and we don't do it for a week, you can tell. Oh gosh, you can tell. We we end up in this weird funky spot of like, why am I not okay? Like, why right. do I not have any joy? Why do I feel mm-hmm. so frustrated or whatever the situation is? Uh, we find ourselves numbing a lot on our phones because we're not staying connected to him in the same way. Yeah. So, uh, but again, if you read your manual journals with others, then a whole other powerful level happens. Yeah. So, so another uh, another one is recognizing when your RCs or your relational circuits are on, off, or dim. And then how to turn them back on. Um, we could legit do a whole podcast on this because we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, your relational circuits is what connects you to each other. It's how we live relationally healthy with each other. When mm-hmm. they're off, you things like, I don't want to be with this person. Um, I want to do it myself. Get away from me. Um, I'm going to just argue with you. I'm really frustrated. I'm going to judge. Like all these different things come out. Mm-hmm. Um and so learning to recognize when they're on because they help you to think clearly, to think outside of the box, creative problem solving, but then just connecting with each other, being able to hear from God mm-hmm. is, a, is is one thing that these are, uh, RCs are good for to help. That, yeah, that, they help us attune with one another. Yeah. They help us to even just recognize. I can't tell you before I even understood that RCs were a thing. I could walk into a room and totally like miss the fact that there were people. Mm. <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but yeah. it's it's a very real thing. Or miss the fact that people saw me and I didn't pick up on it because I had no no relational circuitry that was functioning well in my brain. Uh again, we do have a podcast on this and um I think we also have a YouTube video. We have a on YouTube this. video, yep. It's so our, yep. game changer. Yes. It's also a foundational part of our collabs. Absolutely. So. Um, helping others return to joy is another one of those practices that you can do. And that one you actually have to do in community because mm-hmm. it's about others. <laughs> but um, that's just part as far as helping your community live whole brain. Like mm-hmm. it's helping them return to joy. So once, you know, you understand what joy is, again, the experience of the deep knowing that someone's glad to be with you no matter what. And then you're able to return yourself to joy through those different practices. Then you're able to recognize even when you see people who may be sitting in that funk Mm-hmm. of no joy or mm-hmm. low joy um, and being able to help bring them back into joy, retur- helping them return to joy is, is another great practice and tool. Yes. And it's required that we know how to return ourselves to joy before we can help others do this. Absolutely. And I would say this, I mean, we've listed a bunch of practices that some like are like a foreign language. <laughs> I feel like, you yeah. know, but but this one here, the learning to return to joy and returning others to joy, this is what makes community safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, our ability to stay with one another and yeah. the practice of that. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one, too, because this is so every all the ones that we've talked about so far have been all relational right brain type uh, practices. But this is a, a left brain practice. So it's learning to quickly recognize malfunctions in our thinking and correct them. So. That happens when our thoughts don't line up with reality. Mm-hmm. So it's um, big emotions can trigger that. Trauma can trigger that. It's those feelings of like um, 
God's not here or God's not with me or I'm all alone in this or nobody wants to be with me. It's the it's the never always nobodies. It's all of the no the the stuff that in your heart and gut, like you know that's not true. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, whatever has triggered you, it feels so true and so real. And if we let ourselves sit there for too long, then it, it becomes again part of our identity and mm-hmm. it becomes our reality. Right. And it, and the whole point of being whole brained, you aren't whole brained in that moment. Your left yeah. brain has yep. dominated mm-hmm. and is desperately trying to figure out how to fix whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. It's convinced there's no right, right brain relational options available for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because that's legit been your experience and you don't have yeah, enough experiences absolutely. to draw from on the right side of your brain to tell you something different. Mm-hmm. But even knowing that that's at play in that situation is important. And that's what, yeah. why it's on this list is, is, Hey, be aware that when you're in those moments where you're convinced that no one's alone, that the problem could never be solved yeah. or that it's your job to solve it. And you find yeah. yourself up all night trying to figure yeah. it out, figure it out, yep. figure it out. Um, and you've scanned all of the resources and you can't see that there's anything out there to help you. Uh, you're in your left brain space. Yeah. Um, and what keeps us from, from going there so easily so for some of you, as I'm saying this, you might be like, well, I pretty much live there. <laughs> uh, I did live there. So I know what that's like, but being whole brained, all the things that we mentioned prior to this last one is what will build up. I talk about it like a muscle. Yeah. Like when we have something happen that's hard or even something that's joyful. If we've only lived and operated out of the left side of our brain. (laughs) Right. And again, so we as in individuals Uh and as the church, yes, because that's what this all comes back down to Mm -hmm. is when we've only lived left brained and we have something that, that comes up and we try to lift it up with our right side of our brain Think of it like a muscle you never use. You, you can't, can't lift 100 pounds with muscles you've never built. Right. Uh, we have gotten really, really good in like bodybuilders on the left side as if as if that's enough. And and I think we've learned now and can see now. And hopefully, if you didn't see it before, if this podcast has done nothing else but help you see that that we're misbalanced in our muscles. Yeah. Uh, that we have to do the work to build the re- the right side, yeah. our relational side, build up those muscles so that when people are hurting, we can relationally respond and mm-hmm. not fix. Yeah. Uh, when we're relationally or when we're hurting, we can relationally respond to ourselves and, and not, not fix. fix. Right. <laughs> um, but don't be discouraged when you go to lift the first few times and it's not easy mm-hmm. and you drop whatever it is that you would hope to pick up with with that whole brain. Yeah. You, you still have some more balance work to do and that's a okay. But the, that's what these practices are about. Think about working out. If you decide, Oh, I'm going to one day do an Emanuel journal and not do another Emanuel journal for two months. You're not going to build the muscle just like you wouldn't. If you decided to go to the gym today and work out intensely and, and, and then not do it again for right. another couple months. So I've never done that. Never. Me neither. <laughs> so, but again, like Janelle said, that's where that training, the practices will help troubleshoot that and, remove those mental roadblocks and um and keep going with that so um the very last one just to indicate back to our last podcast too is to recognize when you or someone else is operating in enemy mode and practice getting out so that goes back to the rcs that we've talked about that there's a difference between hey my rcs are off i'm trying to protect myself uh this feels relationally painful for me and i i'm Mm -hmm. having this very natural um response to that to I 
am using you in a predatorial way where I'm attuned to you, I'm connected to you, but yet I'm using that connection, that relational connection to my advantage. So uh, just even paying attention to that as well. Again, we're trying to teach ourselves and trying to teach ourselves as the body of Christ how to live whole brains. Yeah. And enemy mode cannot be a part of that. Um, yeah. And there again, and, and that last one that Janelle was talking about, that's the, um, as you were saying, that's the uh, predatory mm-hmm. enemy mode. So what does it look like when we have, this podcast has gone long, but this is just so good. If, it is. I mean, it's just so much full of meat. <laughs> um, so the results of living whole-brained, yeah. let's just run through this. So what what will it look like on the other side? Because Lord knows that that we need to know what's on the other yeah. side. These, yeah. This is all a theory until you've gotten there. Yeah. And so honestly, there's simple, I mean, you feel more connected to your body. Yep. Um, you feel God in your body, you can experience him more tangibly and more Absolutely. viscerally. Like you, you, you can do that. You, you overall, you feel better. You, you're living from a place of joy. Yep. Um, you definitely feel more connected to others because you have yes. the skills to be connected to one another. You know what it's like to live deep life in community, yes. not surface life in community. Yeah. We want that so bad, but we don't have the skills to do it. And so we just keep staying frustrated there. But it is possible on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, your mind is less cluttered. You're mm-hmm. able to focus and think clearly on things that are going on. Um, and, and, and in situations, I think sometimes, too, I know we've been in this season. Me, I've been in this season right now where, like, the mind is really cluttered. And so it's hard to think clear on mm-hmm. things. And so being back in this space is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but your mind can be less cluttered and you're able to think clearly on things that are going on and relationally. Yes. And, and even in that part of these practices come back into play is that when you feel like your mind is cluttered and you, and you quiet, Mm -hmm. your mind will be less cluttered. Yes. But if we go without quieting, we go without appreciation, we go out without a manual journaling because life is busy, then, then we're right back here. But there, but the, a life of a less cluttered mind is completely available to us. Absolutely. Uh, we'll find ourselves triggered less often mm-hmm. um, on the other side of these practices. Yeah. We'll be able to regulate emotions better. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal, again, is to not not feel. It really is about how do I metabolize that? Yes. How do I ride the wave of those yeah, emotions better? It. Do yep. I often find myself being hijacked by my emotions? Um, there then, is a different way. Yeah. Uh, when you get stuck, because you will, you're, you're <laughs> going to get stuck, you're eager to bring your weaknesses to the community. Mm-hmm. You're eager to look for help and correction yeah. and guidance. Yeah. In whole brain communities, no longer is performance and putting on a mask. The goal, the goal yeah. is that we're, we're going to be as real and as whole as we possibly can be. And we're all in on helping yeah. each other do that. Cause we know we can't do it alone. Absolutely. Um, you'll also live in joy, live from joy. And out of that, you'll be able to return to joy mm-hmm. and you can bring joy to others. Remember yes. healthy elders are ones who we call them joy bombs who yep. have overflowing joy to give to others. Well, that doesn't happen without maturity. It doesn't happen without these practices being at play. Yeah. And, and another one, and and the last one on our list here is you're able to act like yourself in every situation. Mm -hmm. So your true self, who the Lord designed you to be, because you're practicing these, these um, skills and these tools and you're growing in maturity. Um, And when things come up, you're able to rest and really sit in the maturity and the identity that, that you know who you are in every situation. Mm-hmm. So all of this has been about the church. We only have a couple podcasts left. 
And as individual of work as this is, Mm -hmm. this individual work is about the bride as a whole. Yes. And is about our collective body. Yeah. Um, And so (laughs) we have have some choices to make here of what do we really want? Yeah. Do we want to continue just to go to church and sing the song and do the thing and, um, you know, hear a good message and go home and then never live alive, never live whole-brained? Or... Do we want to do the work to see the character transformation so that we can live a full-brained, abundant life and we can help our brother and sister live full-brained, abundant lives? Do we, I mean, simply, do we want to free our pastors and our leaders from having to carry the weight for us? Mm. Because it's not the way it's designed to be. We are to carry the weight one for another um, and to be mature enough to carry our own weight ourselves for the most part, you know? And so- um, growing, growing that maturity. Yeah. I mean, guys, the only way I mean, I can I can I promise you I, I don't and I don't say this lightly. I promise you that if you were to begin to practice some of these things and if you needed more clarification on some things, please contact us. We'll be glad to walk with you through that or any of these. But I promise you, if you begin to practice these things, you will see results. You will see change. You will see and feel um what it's like to live in joy and to be in joy and to be relationally connected and to all these results. I, mm-hmm. I promise you, you'll see it. The only way it won't work is if you don't do it. Right. And if you, this sounds funny, <laughs> but the picture that comes to mind is I think of the chosen. And there's so many times where I long to be inside of that show. Like, gosh, <laughs> I wish, what would it be like if yeah. I was there? What would I be experiencing? Well, that's not a story of old. It's a story of today. Like, let us be reminded of that, that that's what is available to us still today. Here are some ways to do it, very practical ways, Mm -hmm. maybe seemingly too simple, maybe seemingly too practical. But this is the way of Jesus. And so we just want to invite you into that. Uh, It's not too late. It is available to us and it is available to the body of Christ. You've been listening to the Table in a Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.